Hey tryhards, Ethan here. Before we get into the show today, I want to talk to you guys about Patreon. Patreon is a donation service, a monthly subscription service where you donate money to me to support the show, to support uh, the growth of it, whether that means merchandise or more podcasts or other things of that nature. And I would really appreciate if you guys would be willing and able to give just a little bit of whatever extra money you may have. Because while the show will always be free for everyone to listen, um, the way to make it isn't. And I'm in college, and things are expensive. So I'd appreciate any little amount that you're able to give. So thank you for donating, and thank you even more for listening. Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories. The true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Tryhard. I'm Ethan Hewlin, and this week we are tackling something that affects us all, especially right now. Which I think should happen for every episode, but considering the times we live in right now, it's a bit too real. So, let's get into it. Today's topic is doom scrolling. If you're on the internet as much as I am, you've probably seen or heard this term used before. It's the act of consuming a large quantity of negative news at once. Now, that being said, there is plenty of bad news to go around right now. And consuming that much bad news is not good for you. I know, crazy. But it's something I know that many of us are guilty of, especially because of what is going on in the world with thousands of people dying every day and tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, probably closer to hundreds of thousands being infected every single day with this brave new world that we call COVID-19. And while wanting to stay informed, we inadvertently find ourselves in this rabbit hole of scrolling through news apps, social media, YouTube, where we want to be informed citizens, but at the same time, neglecting our health for the sake of information. Which is not new. Humans have always been curious creatures, and whether it's taking photos of dangerous animals or towing the line between mentally unstable and informed, we want to know as much as we can about everything possible. I know that's the case for me. I know I've probably mentioned it on here before, but my three least favorite words to say in succession are I don't know. Now, the reason for that is somewhat complicated, and I've talked about it in previous episodes. I believe in my uh, elementary slash middle school episodes, I touched on that a little bit. You can go back and listen to those if you like. But it basically boils down to... In grade school and middle school, I was considered one of the quote-unquote smart kids, and even into high school I was, because I was taking much of advanced classes and 
really pushing myself educationally and when you have that level of expectation for yourself people expect things from you especially when it comes to knowing things and i felt like i was the one that was supposed to have all the answers whether it was a question about life or school or what have you people thought of me as someone that they could come to with either advice or tutoring help and as crazy as it sounds I had to come to grips with the fact that I didn't know everything. And I know some of you listeners out there are thinking, well, duh, Ethan, none of us know everything. But that's something that wasn't always obvious to me, as you can tell. But enough about that. Um, my point being, humans hate not knowing things, and I am no exception. In fact, I probably have a pretty intimate relationship with not knowing things. So I, like many others during these troubled times, have gone down the rabbit hole of what new bad thing happened today. And it is more difficult sometimes than others to get out of that rabbit hole. And considering I can get hyper-fixated on things pretty easily, I tend to not come out of that rabbit hole for um, multiple hours on occasion. So, we've established that I need help. So what do I do? I go to a trusted source. And this source, in particular, is the Cleveland Clinic, which I have found to be quite reputable as a source. They provide a few answers as to why we do this particular phenomenon. Dr. Susan Albers explains that if you're depressed, you often look for information that can confirm how you feel. That's a direct quote from her. She goes on to say that if you're feeling negative, reading, reading, I can't talk today, reading negative news can reconfirm how you feel. It's the same mindset. And if you do that a few times, it can easily become a habit. If you're continuously scrolling, it becomes a mindless habit, she goes on to say. For somebody like me who has anxiety already and what's going on right now has only made it worse, reinforcing that negative mindset is the opposite of what I need. So as I was explaining last week, coping mechanisms can be very helpful. And in the future, I will examine how some coping mechanisms, not the ones I discussed last week, can be hurtful. So be on the lookout for that within the next couple of months. But doom scrolling doesn't just reinforce a negative mindset. It can give us information overload. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts called Ear Biscuits, uh, they've touched on this notion that humans are Stone Age hardware running modern day software. Now, what exactly that means, at least in my interpretation, is that humans can't handle some of the modern-day um, conveniences that we have invented for ourselves, such as the Internet. And when old hardware runs modern software, like if you want to use a Commodore 64 to run Windows 10, um, that's going to cause some overload. It's going to overload the processor, it's going to make it overheat, and eventually the computer's going to crash. 
And that is exactly what happens to our brains when we consume too much information at once. We go into a sort of shock, at least I do, because there is so much going on in our heads of what this information is, where it's coming from, and how do we even process it. Because the world is moving so fast that we don't even have time to process some of the things that are happening anymore. There are new technological advances at least once a year, at least in the case of major market electronics like the iPhone. There's a reason that I have to educate my parents and grandparents about how technology works because the last technology they were familiar with may be completely obsolete now. We are moving so ridiculously fast that there is no time for people to catch up without help. Dr. Albers... No segue. Eh. Dr. Albers goes on to say that too much time on any media, social media sites, whether the news is bad or good, can be linked with feelings of depression, isolation, disconnection, and loneliness. Well, I've already talked about that a little bit. So, how do we deal with this phenomenon that we have created for ourselves? Dr. Albers starts by telling us to localize the behavior. And what she means by that is putting the time to inform yourself at a consistent time every day instead of when you're just bored. For ex She gives the example of uh, if you're scrolling first thing in the morning, plug your phone in on the other side of the room so you don't pick up your phone before you get out of bed. That is something I'm willing to admit I do not do. My phone is my alarm clock, so it is right next to my bed every single day when I get up. So maybe I should start doing that. Who knows? She goes on to say using mindfulness, which I talked about last week and uh, in further episodes about meditation, that mindfulness is part of that. Um, noticing and observing the sensations when your body receives this negative information and how it responds to it. Is there a visceral, physical reaction, or is it more emotional? What exactly happens to you whenever you receive information like this? She goes on to say to avoid catastrophizing, or catastrophizing. I don't quite know how to pronounce that. Uh, catastrophizing, that's what I'm going to go with, um, in her words, is jumping to the worst-case scenario in any situation, which... If that's the word for it, I've been doing it my whole life. But she says, reeling your thoughts back in and asking yourself what is a more realistic or likely outcome to the situation will make you rethink that worst case scenario you had in your head, which that is actually something that I've done before uh, in order to help with that. So you know it worked for me, but don't just take my word for it. See if it works for you. Kind of going back to mindfulness, Dr. Albers talks about uh, thought stopping, which is a cognitive behavioral technique used for ending obsessive or anxious thoughts. This is directly from the article. Um, she says that the power of imagination is helpful in curbing your thinking. Imagination is a very powerful thing. It can be your best friend or your worst 
enemy. So what she is saying is because your imagination is taking you to this scenario, it can also get you out of it. And she recommends uh, wearing a rubber band around your wrist as a physical reminder and slapping yourself. That's probably not the right word. Um, flicking yourself with a rubber band whenever you um, have a thought to do that, which I actually did. Um, this is a technique that I used when I was in middle school. Whenever I would have a um, a depressive thought, I would have <laughs> a rubber band around my wrist and I would whack it against myself in order to um, get the thought out of my head, which probably wasn't the best idea in the world. Um, it clearly either didn't work or didn't work for as long as it should have, because here I am now. Dr. Albers also says to, quote, slow the scroll. The human attention span, according to her, and, well, also me, but she's probably a bit more knowledgeable about that subject, is very short. When we scroll quickly, we continue to shorten the length of time. You need a solid attention span to help concentration and focus. Consciously tell yourself to pace, don't race, through the articles. Now, she's referring to news headlines specifically in that instance, but I think it can be applied a bit broader than that. Um, it can be applied to just social media in general, because um, social media is depressing at times. It can create a trap of comparison and judgment and many, many other things. So slowing down and not wanting to satisfy your, um, to go by one of my favorite TED Talks, Procrastination Monkey, um, take over. She also talks about uh, mantras. Mantras are something that I wasn't always aware of, or at least the power that they can have. So what I have realized is that there is power in repeating little phrases to yourself in order to get you through things. It's a, it's a verbal exercise in calming yourself. One of my favorite mantras that I use pretty frequently is there's always a door number three, which out of context doesn't make a lot of sense. But the meaning behind there's always a door number three is that you can feel very strongly about a thing one way, very strongly about a thing the other way, or you can think maybe it's bigger than this which most of the time it is. Dr. Abbott says to focus on the now because we can't control what happens in the future. Gee, thanks, Doc. I'm trying. It's not really working that well, but we'll see. Uh, she also recommends radical honesty, which kind of ties back into the whole um, uh, thought-stopping technique. Like, why are you doing this? Is it for reassurance? guidance, confirmation, could be either or all of those. So she recommends trying to find someone that you can connect with, a person. Well, I try. 
Uh, funny enough, she also talks about digital wellness apps, like I use Headspace, uh, for instance. She also recommends setting time limits on apps or alarms on your phone to uh, stop yourself whenever you've been scrolling for too long. And she also recommends looking at the big picture, seeing what's going on in the wider perspective of things, because more often than not, when you gain a larger perspective, you're able to see that, oh, maybe this problem isn't as big as I thought it was. Well, pandemic's a very big problem. It's affecting everybody. But at least we have the vaccine that is too slowly being rolled out. Oh well. And finally, she recommends disconnecting from the screen itself, which, shocker. Thank you, Mom, for taking away my phone in high school when I needed to be doing homework, because it was distracting just like it is distracting us now from the reality that we live in by looking at the reality that we live in. That's weird. It's weird how that works. Anyway... Listen to my episodes on coping mechanisms to uh, find some ways to uh, help you with this doom scrolling. Uh, thank you for tuning in this week to True Stories of a Tryhard. You can find me on Instagram at ethan.t.hulen. That is H-U-L-E-N. You can find me on Twitter at etphonehome. Those are zeros. The E's are threes. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at True Stories Pod. The best way to get the word out about podcasts is via word of mouth and social media. So please, please, please share this with your friends, share it on your social media. And if you post it in some way and tag me, you will get featured on the official podcast accounts. And please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I would very much appreciate it. I'll be back with more stories next week. So until then, this is Ethan Hewlin signing off.